Thank you for 2011. We say concerning us and concerning ours, it is a year of new beginning. It is our year of restoration in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, as we spend a few moments in the Word of God, we ask, O oh God, that um, the revelation that we need that would usher us into this new year ready, we will receive today. In Jesus' name. Oh, Father, I step into your grace by faith this morning. Your grace that makes preaching easy and hearing the word of God a sweet delight. Lord, we ask, oh God, that the Spirit of God will breathe life into our lives today. That we'll receive revelation that will transform us, oh God, even as we behold your face. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, happy new year, happy new year. I hope you're excited. Um, I hope you're, uh, you're filled with great anticipation for what God is going to do in your life in 2011. This is our year of restoration. Uh, this is your year of restoration. Everything that you have lost will be recovered. And the Lord, by his grace, will take you to the next level. Turn your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 15. Speaking about the incident where the angels appeared to the shepherds to herald the birth of Christ. Verse 15 says, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. Now the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled, at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Everyone say Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Look at verse 41 of the same chapter. Speaking about the time when Jesus was 12 years old, it says his parents... Went to Jerusalem every year the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. Everyone said they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Verse 50 says, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Everyone said they did not understand. 
Mary pondered things in her heart. And there were things about the birth or what Mary had given birth to that she did not understand. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But the Bible says that he has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit of God searches all things, even the deep things of God. As you and I begin to seek God this year, as you and I begin to press into God and pray, God is going to begin to give us insight. He's going to begin to give us new thoughts. And when insight comes, when new thoughts begin to come into your heart, and you begin to walk by faith, and surround yourself with the right influences, you are going to start giving birth to your destiny. But like Mary, you are going to give birth to something that you don't fully understand. Remember, and I'm doing a recap here of last week's message, but remember that Mary went from being a young teenage girl with normal expectations of marriage, To suddenly becoming an unmarried woman that was pregnant with the seed of the Holy Spirit destined to change the world forever. Suddenly, Mary went from being in the backwaters of of Nazareth and Judea and she was pushed into a world stage where for thousands of years everybody in the world would know the name of Mary. Suddenly, she moved from obscurity into significance. Suddenly, it's going to happen to you in 2011. God is going to take you from, He's going to take you through a time of transition from where you have been to what He has prepared for you. You are going to move from obscurity to significance. You are going to move from the prison to the palace. From famine to plenty. From threshing wheat in a wine press to leading an army. Suddenly, you are going to move to the next level. But the question is, how do you deal with going from obscurity to the world stage? How do you deal with moving from normal thoughts and expectations to embracing the consequence of the new thoughts and expectations that God is putting in your heart. How do we ensure that we do not mess up what God is planning to do with us this year? You know, I always think about how the Israelites messed up the plan of God for their lives. You know, human beings can mess up the plan of God. The Israelites were on the threshold of the land of Canaan. Spies had crossed the Jordan and they had gone into the promised land. They had tasted the fruits of the promised land that God had promised Abraham 400 years before. But 400 years of captivity kept them bound and they said with their mouths, After tasting the fruit of the land, after seeing that the land that God had promised them was not a fantasy, they were, they had, they had seen the reality before them. They opened their mouths and they said with their own tongues, no, we cannot take the land. They pushed away the grace of God. They pushed away the provision of God. They pushed back their destiny for another 40 years. And that whole generation did not experience what God had planned for them. It was their children that experienced what God had planned for them. You will not push back your destiny in 2011. When God was doing things in Mary's heart that she did not fully understand, the Bible says she pondered these things in her heart. You know, I have titled this message this morning... In times of transition, be quiet and say nothing. 
In times of transition, be quiet and say nothing. Turn to your neighbor on your right and say, be quiet. Turn to the person on your left and say, say nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, you are going through a time of transition. You know, transition can be a very exciting time. But for most people, it is a very frustrating time, but it doesn't need to be so. You know, I checked Webster's Dictionary for the definition of transition. It says transition is a movement or development or evolution from one form or stage or style to another. It says evolution is a process of change in a certain direction. A process of, con- of gradual and relatively peaceful advance. You are moving from one stage to another. You are moving from one time to another. You are moving from one level to another. Transition is a time when he is leading you out from where you came from. But you are not quite where you ought to be yet. You have left where you were, but you are not where he's taken you. You appear to be in a limbo. It's a time where he's preparing you for what he has prepared for you. We know we have been prepared for something, but we haven't quite apprehended or grasped or experienced what he's preparing for us. You know, times of transition are very delicate. Because decisions that you make during a time of transition tend to set the course for your future. So it's a time where you need to be careful, where you need to be circumspect. But at the same time, it is a time when you are under the greatest pressure to make a decision. You are under the greatest pressure to define what is going on. You know, you and I go through many transitions in our lives. The reason why a lot of parents cannot understand their teenage children is because if you've got teenage children, those children are going through what? Through transition. They are too old to be children, but they are too young to be adults. You expect them to take greater responsibility But you don't give them the keys to your car yet. There are changes going on in their bodies that they don't understand. Changes happening to their physical appearance, to their voice. There are hormonal changes that are going on. They want to talk, uh, uh, but, but, but then they don't know how to articulate how they are feeling because they haven't had these feelings before. You know, if you have a teenage child, All you can do as a parent is to be there for them and to love them. When they want to talk, you listen to them. When they don't want to talk, you just hug them and just be there. Just make sure you are there for them. There is such a pressure to define what is going on with them at the time that if you are not there, somebody else will give them some input. Are you with me? Um, you know, you, you might see, you might see your daughter, or your son reading some magazines that they ought not to be reading. Don't just slap them over the face. It's because they are curious. Sit down with them and engage in dialogue with them. Everybody here. Because if you say to your teenage child that, well, you just go figure yourself out. When you understand what's going on, I want to talk, come talk to me. Guess what's going to happen? They'll never come talk to you. They'll go talk to their friends. And their friends in a time of transition will try to give them definition of what is going on and they would lead them the wrong way. It's a very delicate time. Because you yourself that are going through it, you don't quite understand what is happening. You know, even we adults go through times of transition. You know, there's this thing called, uh, that they have termed the midlife crisis amongst men. The reason why, you know, it is a, it is a term, is because, you know, so many men have gone through it that they've put a label on it. When you hit your 40s, but usually occurs around the early 50s, where you are too old to be young, but you are too young to be aged. Everybody here. 
You've gone through about 20 or 30 years of adult life and things are beginning to happen to your body that you don't like. There are hormonal changes that are going on in your body, especially women, that you don't understand as they begin to occur. You know, all you can do as a spouse is just to be there for your, for your spouse. If they want to talk, let them talk. If they, if they don't want to talk, just make sure you are there. Because if times of transition are not properly handled, suddenly you see men, men wearing jeans that are, that, that, that are so tight, they didn't wear those jeans when they were in their thirties. All of a sudden, 50, 51, they start wearing these tight jeans and they have all these medallions that they now put on. And then all of a sudden, the Jeep goes and we get ourselves a nice red uh, car. Whatever, you just got to be red and small. We try to recapture the thrills of youth. And then sometimes we do it to the detriment of everything else. We lose perspective because we, we are trying to grapple with this stage of our lives. You have done it, you have seen it, you have worked hard, you have, you know, have some investments, maybe not quite as much as you'd like, but then you have something, you've seen it, you've done it, um, but you are not quite aged yet. It is difficult to live with people in transition. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. They are one thing today and something else tomorrow. Because they don't quite understand who they are. They are in transition. They have left where they were, but they are not quite where they are going. For you to go to the next level in 2011, as God has destined for you, you are going to go through a time of transition. And in times of transition, the counsel of Mary is be quiet. And say nothing. You know in Isaiah 30 verse 15 the Bible says that in returning and in rest shall you be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. You need to be quiet on the inside. You need to spend time listening to God. Because God is going to navigate you through the maze of unfolding purpose. He's unfolding his purpose in your life, but he's going to navigate you through a process that you haven't been through before. Be quiet. Listen. Say nothing. Don't be too quick to define what is going on. Otherwise, you use the paradigms of the past to define the future. And Jesus said you cannot put new wine in old wineskins. New wine is destined for new wineskins. As we develop this this morning, let us go back a chapter to Luke chapter 1. And I want you to see transition in practice. In Luke chapter 1 verse 5. It says, there was in those days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell Upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and great and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. 
For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, uh, to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Everyone say Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man. And my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. How many of you know that the plan of God for you is good? It's a good plan. Verse 20 says, But behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak. Until the days these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zechariah and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained what? He remained speechless. You know, the angel of God did Zechariah a favor and shut his mouth. The angel of God brought a, he brought insights into Zechariah's life concerning God's plan for his future. But you know, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. In Proverbs 18.20 it says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. You know, when the Lord judged Israel, and uh, after they came uh, from spying out the land, uh, and, you know, they said, we cannot, we cannot obtain this land. We cannot take this land. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, as they have said from their mouths, so I will do in their life. They will not take the land. They would wander until they are dead. Zacharias was about to follow the plan of Israel. God had a plan for Zechariah. But Zechariah spoke and said. I cannot have this. I cannot do this. I am too old. Matthew twelve thirty seven says. By your words you are justified. And by your words you are condemned. Your words can destroy the plans of God for you in 2011. Gabriel will not be there to shut your mouth. But you will need to bridle your tongue. You will need to be slow to speak in 2011 because you are going through transition. You know, vacancy is going to come, in, come up in your office for a better, better paid position. And you know, you can imagine, you know, um, you know, the, the, the email goes round and there's this position where, you know, you can, you can experience like 40% increase in your salary. And your friends are joking with you and saying, uh, 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 you know, Tony, you are, you are, you know, you are, I'm sure you are going to get this job because, you know, you are the, you are the best person for this job. I mean, everyone knows that you are going to get this job. And then because you think you are being coy and being humble, you laugh, ha, 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 you know, I can never do that job, ha, 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 ha. You know, from your mouth, from your mouth, the Bible says that you will eat, you'll be satisfied with the fruit of your mouth. The same people that were laughing with you, when the boss puts your name forward, they'll say, ah, Tony said he's not, he can't do that job. Uh, are you with me this morning? In times of transition, you need to be quiet. And say nothing. Grace is coming towards you this year. Oh no, you need to follow me this morning. In verse 18 of Luke chapter 1 that we just read, Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am, I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. 
I am an old man. He was essentially saying, I am not qualified for this. I am not qualified for this. Now, now, I find that amusing because if you look at verse 13, the first thing the angel said to Zechariah was, Zechariah, don't be afraid, for your prayer is heard. So, Zechariah had been praying for this. You know, it's an amazing thing that people can pray and pray and pray and pray for breakthrough, but then the breakthrough comes and stands in front of them. And they say, I am not qualified. This is something that Zechariah had been praying for years. But he disqualified himself because it came at a time and in a format that he did not feel that he deserved. You know, the things that God has prepared for you are not based on qualification. They are based on grace. They are based on grace. And grace is coming towards you this year, so don't disqualify yourself. Zechariah felt that he had passed the season of childbirth. He said, I am old. My wife is advanced in years. As a matter of fact, if you look at verse 24, Elizabeth hid herself for five months after she got pregnant. Because she felt that she had passed the season of childbirth. You have not passed your season of promotion. You have not passed your season for childbirth. You have not passed your season for a new vision. Grace has appointed certain things for you. And as grace comes towards you this year, don't disqualify yourself like Zechariah did because he thought he had passed his season. Zechariah disqualified himself also because he was being blessed with something that he had no experience for. Let me explain what I mean by that. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, there was um, in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, Judea, a certain priest. So Zechariah was a priest, wasn't he? He says he was of the division of Abijah. So he came from a lineage of priests. Then it says, um, in verse 9, that according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now let me give you some background here. The duties of the priests um, were assigned by lot. Yeah, by, um, what's another word for lot? By chance. They, they would have some kind of a lottery and they would designate who, to, who was meant to do what. Who was meant to receive um, the animals? Who was meant to, you know, sacrifice the animals on the altar? You know, the only person that, he's, that didn't get the appointment by lot was the high priest. Now, to offer incense in the holy place was a great privilege. And a priest could only have that privilege of burning incense in the holy place only once in his whole lifetime. And some priests never, their names never came up. So, Ze Zechariah, as far as he was concerned, in his area had reached the top. Are you with me? He was a priest. He had been priest for many years. And now he had come to a place where he was appointed to offer incense, which was the, the highest he could achieve as a priest. So, the next thing for Zechariah was now what? Retirement. Everybody here. Because as far as his area was concerned, he had already got to the top. You're not going to retire this year. There's some people that are planning for retirement. You're not, you're not going to retire this year. You're going to refire this year. God is going to give you a new vision. You know, the word of the Lord that came to uh, Zechariah was that he was going to have a son. But notice what he said about the son in verse 17. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah 
to turn the hearts of the father to children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What was Elijah? Elijah was a prophet, wasn't he? Zechariah was a priest and God was telling him that you are going to give birth to a prophet. How does a priest train a prophet? Are you with me? God was blessing him with something that he was not experienced for. A vision came, thoughts came that were different from his area of expertise. Who you are is not what you are doing necessarily. I'll say that again. You are not what you are doing. There is something that God has prepared for you that is beyond what you are doing right now. As you begin to pray in the spirit, as you begin to spend time with God, as you begin to open yourself to the influence of the Holy Spirit, certain thoughts will begin to come up in your heart that you are not experienced for. Zechariah said, how can I train a prophet? I am too old. Let me disquiet. No, 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 this can't be God. I am too old. This is not for me. I am too old. I am too old. I am too old. And he started attempting to abort the vision that God had for him. You know, priests are into ceremony. They are into attire and order. The boy who was going to give birth to was not going to be into ceremony. He was going to eat locusts and wild honey. He was going to be dressed in camel's hair. He was not going to be dressed in a linen ephod. How do I train? You know, Mary gave birth to something she didn't understand when she opened her heart to God. And because you don't understand it, you can't define it. And that is why you must be quiet and say nothing. You know, I prophesy to you that grace is coming to your house this year. And you are going to begin to comprehend the thoughts of God. And it will bring you into a new area, a bigger place, that bears no resemblance with where you are today. And that is why when Zechariah spoke, the angel said, shut up! Be quiet! You will not disqualify yourself because no you are not qualified but this is an appointment of grace you are meant to accept it you are meant to smile and you are meant to move forward God said to Joshua Joshua be strong and courageous I'm going to be with you be strong and courageous he still required courage even though God was with him I love John Maxwell's definition of courage he said, courage is fear that I said his prayers. Courage is fear that I said his prayers. So, so, so the insight will come. You will know this is God, but your legs will shake. But you, as your legs are shaking, you say, God, I thank you. Uh, I, 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 I will just be quiet and I'll keep walking. Faith is walking in the midst of a situation where your mind is saying this is not going to work. But you have seen the sight, you have, you have, you have apprehended the thoughts of God. And as a result, you move forward. And when you move forward, you'll see that your Jehovah has gone before you. And he has prepared the way for you. Look at verse 36. After, after Elizabeth had hidden herself for five months, on the sixth month, the angel went to Mary. And look at verse 36, it says, Now, behold, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. They called her barren, but she had a child. Look at verse 57. It says, Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they, everyone say they, they came to circumcise the child and they, everyone say they, they would have called him by the name of his father Zacharias. His mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. But they, everyone say they, they said to her, 
there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to the father what he would have him called and he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying his name is John. So they, everyone say they, they all marveled. You need to be careful of they. In times of transition, you need to be careful of they. Because they will rejoice with you until you give birth to grace. You know, the name John means the Lord has shown grace. You know, when you are giving birth to things that are normal, they will rejoice. But when you start giving birth to grace, when you start walking in a dimension of grace, when God by his grace begins to separate you from the pack and places you on the path of destiny, they will try to bring you down to earth. For they will let you know that there is nobody in your ancestry who is a prophet. Your father was not called grace. Your grandfather was not called grace. What you are trying to give birth to is a different... Come down to earth. They are going to get around you. It won't work here. You better just be happy with what you have. You know, there's too much, there's too much heat in the nation. Let us relocate. They're not relocating anywhere. I'm speaking prophetically this morning. You know, there's nothing wrong with the relocation if it's based on destiny. You know, Mary left her home for three months. She heard the word and left for three months to be with Elizabeth. She went to surround herself. With the right influences to fulfill her destiny. So there's nothing wrong with relocation if it is done because of destiny. But don't relocate merely because the grass seems greener on the other side. Be careful of they because they will come round to you. And they will feed you with thoughts. Don't go. Wait another 12 months. Grace is coming into your life. In 2011. Oh look at 2nd Kings chapter 6. You know the way I'm preaching this morning is not how I feel. Because I feel like dancing on this stage. I feel like swinging off a chandelier. I feel like getting excited this morning. But you have to get this. You have to get this. You have to get this. Because I don't want us excited and we forget what the word of God is. And the counsel of God. And then they come around next week. And you, you sit down with they. You buy them a Amstel Malta. And you sit down and discuss how it's not going to work for you. Look at Second Kings chapter 6. I'll start reading from verse 24. It says, and it happened after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria and indeed they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. Now, a shekel was a day's wage. So the head, the poverty was so severe that the head of a donkey was sold for 80 days salary. And one-fourth of a cup of dubs droppings for five shekels of silver. Then as the king of Israel was passing by the wall, a woman cried out saying, Help! My Lord, okay. And he said, If the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor, the threshing floor was where they produce wheat, or from the wine press. There's nothing. There's no money. Then the king said to her, what is troubling you? And she said, this woman said to me, give me your son that we may eat him today. This was not metamorph uh, metaphoric. They, they actually wanted to eat the child. And we will eat my son tomorrow. 
So we boiled my son and ate him. I mean, what? We have not. Anyway. And I said to her on the next day, give me your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. So her gripe was that the woman had hidden her son. And you know, with eating my own, let's eat your own now. That was the level of poverty. Now it happened when the king heard these words of the woman. That he tore his clothes. And he passed by on the wall, the people, and looked. And there underneath he had a sackcloth on his body. And then he said, "Go do, God do so to me. And more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. You know, the worst thing you can do is in times of pressure, is to blame the Lord. The Lord is the one that's going to help you. You need to press into him. But let us go down. He tried to kill Elisha. But if you go down to um, verse 33, it says, And while he was still speaking to them, that there was the messenger coming down to him, and the king said, surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. You know, I'm speaking the word of God to you this morning. You know, for a lot of people, 2010 was of, was of great pressure. It was a time of great pressure. I'm speaking the word of God to you this morning. That 2011 is your year of restoration. I am telling you by the Spirit of God that grace is coming to your house. As you focus on the Lord in this year and you spend time in the Spirit, the Lord will open your eyes to the treasures of darkness. The things that He has prepared for you that have been hidden. Until this time. The Lord will give you strategies for increase. As you seek his face. Elijah said. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Tomorrow. About this time. A seer of fine flour. Shall be sold for for what? A shekel. A shekel was one day's wage. A seer was like eight gallons. Or fine flour was going to be sold for one day's wage. Remember we are buying a donkey's head. For 80 days wages. He said by this time tomorrow. By this time tomorrow. Your 2011 is not going to bear any resemblance. To 2010. He said by this time tomorrow. He said, grace is coming to this nation. He said, two seers of Bali for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God. He spoke up. You know, I learned very many years ago from a wise man. He said, it is better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Let everybody think you're a fool. But then when you speak up and all doubt is removed, then it is your fault. For this man, who was a man of prominence, on whom the king leaned, spoke up. He said, look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. The only reason why this man did not eat of it was because he spoke. The only reason the man did not eat was because he spoke. He was going through transition. He was thinking to himself, grace came and said, this is my plan for you. You are going to recover all. You are going to go to the next level. And he looks at his banner and said, you know, I know God is there, but even if God were to open the windows of heaven, can it be possible? I'm about to be kicked out of my home. I'm about to be kicked out of my job. I'm about to, it, 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 if God 
In times of transition, be careful. And say nothing. You know, in Psalm 126, the Bible says that when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we're like those in a dream. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. The Lord is going to turn your captivity. But you need to be quiet. And say nothing. You know, I am going through transition. The church, High Life Church is going through transition. You know, one of my favorite phrases that I say to people all the time is that we are feeling our way through this thing. And when I say that, I don't mean that, you know, you know, we're just being impulsive. But God is trying to give birth to something new. New means that it is something I have no experience of. Otherwise, it's not new. There is no exact pattern that I can see. I can't look at something on the outside and say, ah, that is exactly what God is planning to do with this church. So I have to be quiet and I have to feel my way through it. I have to spend time with God and be quiet and follow the leading of God as he unveils purpose to my heart. You know, that's why I say to people all the time, expect updates from me. I'm like Microsoft. There's always a new version. Expect an update. We go in a particular direction and then we make an adjustment and then we make another adjustment. Sometimes people ask me, so what are we going to do so, uh, what are we going to do so, so and so time? And I say to them, you know, I'm not sure yet. Bear with me. I am going through transition. I don't want to put new wine in old wineskins. I don't want to define a new vision with an old pattern. You know, I remember the first time I had um, an international speaking engagement. I was pastoring. I just finished Bible school in Tulsa for about a year. Gone to London. Uh, pastoring a church. And one of my friends, who used to be the youth pastor of um, the church where I got, uh, where we went to Bible school, became a pastor of a, I mean, suddenly of a church of several thousand people. And he called me and sent me an email and said, Carlton, I'd like you to come and preach in my church. I just gotten started. So I said, okay, no problem. And before I knew what was happening, his secretary had called me and they were making all these travel plans and they were, I mean, as far as I knew, you know, hey, I'll preach anywhere. You know, I was getting ready to buy my ticket. His secretary called and they made all the travel arrangements. They wanted a picture of me and all that. And I was getting uncomfortable. Because God was moving me into a direction that I had not prayed for. Grace just came. But I'd learned this lesson. So I was quiet. So I got my ticket. I mean, there was no practice for this because I hadn't done this before. And before I went to Tulsa, my own pastor, where I went to the Bible school, now called and said, Oh, since you're going to be in town, we want you to come and preach in the church on Wednesday night. And then the other guy wanted me to preach on, you know, Saturday night and two services on Sunday and Thursday night. So I was going to preach Thursday night and Saturday night and two services on Sunday. I said, Shandai. So I, I got my ticket, said bye-bye to my wife and family and got on the plane. I arrived in Tulsa and I forgot to buy... Um, Toothpaste. I said, well, take toothpaste. So I went to the pharmacy. You know, I booked into there, booked my hotel and everything. So I went to the pharmacy to buy toothpaste. And here I am with my jeans, you know, at, you know, <laughs> in my jeans and everything. And I went to the pharmacy. I said, you know, I want toothpaste. You know, I got the toothpaste. I was at the, I was at the counter. And the lady looked at me and said, do I know you? I said, me? <laughs> she said, your face looks familiar. Are you preaching in our church this weekend? I thought, yes, I am. So on the Wednesday, I went to my pastor's church. Now, this is a several thousand 
member church. My pastor is Bobby Andy. And Bobby Andy is known in the U.S. for being one of the most prolific speakers. I was his student. Most of the things I knew I'd learned from him. So he gets up on stage and says to the people, you know, Carlton has left us and has gone to the U.K., uh, left Tulsa, gone to England, he's come back to minister to us. Welcome Carlton Williams. And I'm stepping on stage. Before this, by the way, they had put me in the green room. I'd heard that there was a, there was something called green room, but I, I thought it was green. I didn't realize that was just a terminology for the speaker's room. So I was there with Pastor Bob. I mean, I'd never been in that. I, 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 anyone listening to me this morning? God is preparing you to take you somewhere. And when things begin to happen, you need to be quiet and say nothing. So I was in the room with Pastor Bob and they asked me if I wanted a drink under my hand. I said, yeah, I, I, I'll have a drink. I kid you not. And I was trying to remember the scriptures in my heart where the Bible said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I was, rece- I was Lord, you will never leave me. Nor forsake me. I was there in the green room. Pastor Bob, you know, very gentleman. You know, his wife was there. His, his leaders were there. I was sitting down, you know. And I, I managed to break my glasses. I broke my glasses. I said, it's okay. And then I got in. They ushered me in. I sat down. And he went up. He, you know, said, Carlton is gone. He's doing a great work for God in London. Uh, welcome Carlton Williams. Everyone stood and they clapped. You know, when I got on stage... What I felt like saying was I don't deserve to be here today. Let us pray and prophesy. Let us sing a song. For I did not feel qualified. I was before my pastor. I was before Jeff Jackson who was the dean of Bible school. Their Bibles were open. They are waiting to take notes. You know, look like some of our ministers we have here. They preach a few sermons and they come to church. They don't come and have worship. They don't worship the Lord anymore with the congregation. They, they don't listen to anyone else speak. Pastor Bob was seated waiting for me to speak. I felt like saying, you know what, guys, I don't deserve to be here. But I'd learn to be quiet and say nothing. I said in the name of Jesus... I'm not anything of myself, think anything of myself, but my sufficiencies of God who has made me an able minister. Sit down, hear the word. And I preached the word that day. And people were blessed. I got emails after email. But I want you to understand that um, when God moves you, begins to move you in the place that he's planned for you, you will feel like a fake. I felt, I felt, on the, I felt like a fake. On that day. And you will feel like a fake because I has not seen nor ear heard. You are not prepared. You, your, your emotions are not conversant with the place God is taking you. It will take some time for your emotions to catch up with what grace is doing in your life. And that's why you must be quiet. Shut up. Say nothing. Until your heart has apprehended what God is doing in your life. Otherwise the words you will speak will, will crush that thing. I went to the mall the next day. People were shaking me in the mall. I mean, I, I, I just made sure I didn't wear jeans on the next day. Oh, thank you so much. In the mall. You know, when Saul was appointed to be king of Israel. He went to hide among the stuff. The prophet had to go and bring out the stuff and say, Paul is, Saul is there. He's you that is called to be king. When you get promoted to management, when you become elevated above your fellows, the fellows that I used to chat with and together used to criticize management. You know how it is. Everyone, you know, until you become a boss, there's always something wrong with my boss. And then they promote you. And all the people that I used to chat with now, you can't be hanging out and chatting with the guys anymore. It's not because you're proud, but your time is precious. Relationships will have to be redefined. 
Not because you are proud, but you don't, you, uh, you don't want to be your old friends, but there are new habits that need to be developed for where you are going that your old friends may either be unable or unwilling to develop. They will misunderstand you. They may, they may criticize you. But just walk in love. Because you know the destiny of your life is not revealed to anyone else but you. And when you are going through transition, that is the time to be quiet. That is the time to keep uh, to yourself and speak to people that, that are, 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 are in the direction of the place that God is leading you to. That's why as soon as, as, soon as Mary heard that she was going to give birth to a child, she went to Elizabeth quickly. So the word of the Lord to you today is as we step into 2011, you need to be quiet and say nothing. You need to be quiet and say nothing. Don't judge your 2011 by 2010. The Lord is going to do a new thing in your heart and in your life. And this new thing is going to be accomplished by grace. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father in the name of Jesus. You know the Bible says that as we delight in the Lord, He will give us the desires of our hearts. He will give us the desires of our hearts. For a few minutes this morning, I want you to express your desires to the Lord. Lift them up before God this afternoon. And say, Lord, this is my desire for my family. This is my desire for my life. This is my desire for my profession. Admit to yourself what is working on the inside of you. Let the Spirit of God open your eyes to some of those doors that you have kept closed. Purely because the doors have been closed for so many years that you have given up hope. Let the Lord help you open those doors again today. Begin to look at them and say, God, I'll not be like Zechariah. Lord, I accept, I believe that I'm not too old. For your grace. I receive grace in my job. I receive grace in my family situation. I receive grace in my business. I receive inspiration today. Holy Ghost, I open my heart to you. Your word has come to me saying this is my year of restoration. And because of that word, I open my heart again. Lord, this is my desire. Like Jabez came to God and said, God, I want you to expand me. I want you to expand me. Let, let express that desire to God today. You know, whenever we express our desires to God, it is not for God. It is for us. Because God sees all things and knows all things. But an expression of desire is an admission in our lives, in ourselves, that this is what I want. You are admitting it to yourself. You are making yourself a candidate for revelation. For God to begin to show you. For circumstances and situations to begin to be orchestrated for your benefits. And when they begin to happen, make sure you are quiet. Make sure you are quiet. You are quiet, you are quiet, you are quiet. Give yourself time to process what God is doing. Give your, your emotions time to catch up with what God is doing in your life. Oh Father, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice this morning. I declare by the word of the Lord that in the name of Jesus... Light comes into their darkness. Lord, your word says that the path of the just shall be like the shining of light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. 
We declare in the name of Jesus that 2011 will represent a new level. Enlargement and increase by the election of grace. Oh, Father, we make a dedication to you that we'll commit ourselves to you. We'll commit ourselves to prayer. We will not repel the, the operations of grace in our lives. But we will be strong and courageous. And we will give you glory. In the name of Jesus. We trust you have been blessed today by the ministry of God's word. As you obey the word, it will become life and health to all your flesh. For more information about the products and services of High Life Church or Carlton Williams Ministries, check out our websites at highlifechurch.com and carltonwilliams.com or call us on 0700-HIGH-LIFE. Yeah, yeah.